if I was on earth right now, this is where I'd be. And I think that really resonates with me and what I hear from God during those moments. Are... Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sunday at Sunset a podcast of intentional conversations about Jesus, life updates, or whatever else is thrown at us. On this episode, we have Jacia with us. Jacia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your time. And Jacia, where was the best sunset you've seen? Mm, I, so I went to South Africa for a sizable amount of time and we had a mountain that was right next to where I lived and we did a sunrise and a sunset hike and the sunset hike at that mountain was absolutely beautiful. You go to the top and because it's right at the tip of South Africa, you can see the entire ocean and you sort of see where the two oceans meet. Mm -hmm. and it was the most beautiful thing ever. It was gorgeous. I was mind blown, but then the sun went down and we had to sprint down the mountain and that's fun. So. Uh, and Daisia, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, who you are and what you're currently doing in this stage or this season of life? Of course. Um, so I am Jacia. Um, I'm 23 years old. I don't know if I'm supposed to say my age, but you know, here we are. Um, and yeah, I am currently working a bunch. That's sort of where I am in life. Um, I love going outdoors. Um, I like to have like little dates with God when I'm outdoors because I love being outside and being in nature. It really rejuvenates my soul and rejuvenates um, my relationship with God and everything like that. I'm really big into rock climbing. I've been doing it for a hot minute. And so, yeah mostly indoors, a little bit outdoors. Big outdoorsy person, that's basically it. I'm in love with small cute animals. I desperately wish I had one. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, good summary. Good summary of who I am. No, that's <laughs> so good. I feel like I know you that much better now. <laughs> it really clarifies things. <laughs> uh -huh. And you mentioned that you were working. Um, what, what kind of work do you currently do? Yeah, so I currently have four jobs, which is hectic. Four um, jobs. <laughs> well, fun, chill job is I, I work at the Hive, which is mm -hmm. an indoor plumbing gym. And I, well, I shouldn't technically say I work there because I haven't worked there since September because, you know, it's been a while. But I'm supposed to be doing private instruction there soon. So, Ooh. yeah. So you're going to teach people like how to climb and like where to put their hands when they go up the wall. It's going to be fun. I feel underqualified because I'm not that good of a climber, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> and then um, so for my three other jobs, I have a full-time position at Strive Living Society. I work with kids with disabilities in the foster system. Um, so we have quite a few of them that are also Indigenous. So I work quite extensively with those kids I specifically run the one-to-one -one program um, as an assistant case manager. Underneath my current case manager, we have 30 kids that we look after um, and provide one-to-one -one support for them. Um, and then my, I have two part-times. One of the part-time is with Surrey Women's Center. I work 
as a victim's support worker, so I drive a large harm reduction van from 9 p.m. till 2 a.m., hence my uh, wild job hours. Um, and we give out harm reduction and resources and, and interact and connect with the people that are homeless and on the street at those times. And then soon I'll be moving into doing hospital call-outs, which is working with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. So that will be fun. Um, and then my last job is I work at a homeless shelter in Wally, which is in Surrey. It's like the downtown east side, but you know, on the other side of the bridge. Um, and yeah, there I just interact with the homeless clients that we have, the homeless guests, and hang out with them, get to chat, keep the place clean, um, prevent them from overdosing. It's a good time. <laughs> So, yeah. Wow. That's, I'm so encouraged just by like the amount of, not only the amount of jobs that you have, but to the extent that you are serving um, these people. And I guess the question I had would be how, or like what, you know, kickstarted um, this passion that you have for, for people who are, you know, perhaps struggling or, um, they don't have a place to live. Like, when did that passion start for you? So I remember when I was in university, there was like, a, they had either it was like a seminar or a lecture and it was on the fentanyl crisis in BC. Um, and I was interested and I, I went to the seminar and I was just absolutely blown away by what was happening. And like, I think we all kind of grew up, we know the downtown east side is a little rougher, you know, you've walked through Wally and you're like, a mm, little rough. Um, but I didn't know that like, this is the drug capital of Canada. Um, this might be the drug capital of North America. It is so prevalent, the amount of drugs that is being used here in BC um, by the homeless population and, and even with lower income housing and stuff like that. And the amount of deaths that were arising due to the fentanyl crisis and that was in my fourth year and I remember wishing that I had done more with that I, I wish I had you know because I went to UBC and there's tons of clubs and resources there and I wish I'd gotten more involved um, and then when I came back I remember still wishing that I got involved and then and then I was like well why why don't I? I should just get involved. Um, so I applied to volunteer at the Women's Center in Wally, just because that was closer to where I live. And then I got involved with Night Shift, um, which is a really great organization. And then eventually with Surrey Urban Missions or SUMS, which runs um, three shelters in Wally. And yeah, I think every time I work at the shelter, it's really, um, it's such an experience for me. I think for me, the shelter is one of the places that I feel God the most. Um, and I feel his heart that he has for people um, and especially for these people and how much he values these people's lives even when a grand majority of us normally living day-to-day -day life don't really think about these people in this population. Oh, that's so good. And you mentioned after you came back, you you kind of like dipped your toes into this 
um, you know, this field, where did you come back from? Well, I, as I mentioned earlier, I went to Africa for a hot minute. So I went to South Africa, Kenya, and Tanzania with YWAM for six months. I did a DTS there, which is discipleship training. I forgot what the last word is. School. Ah, there we go. Um, so yeah, went to Africa for six months, desperately wanted to stay longer. COVID said, no, you're not allowed to stay longer. So yeah. And we'll, we'll we can we can talk about that another time. We can talk about that now. It's up to you. Uh, no, I'll that sounds so good just all that you're doing um, but I had a super quick question about YWAM um, I know people come back and they say their life has been changed um, how would you describe your experience and you know or like give us a little summary of how, how it was for you I think for me it was very healing and it was an experience. It was obviously it was a once in a lifetime experience um, just because of things I got to see and the people that I got to work with. Um, but I would say that, I guess for me personally, it really um, pushed a lot of growth onto me and allowed me to see God work in very tangible ways that I don't think I had experienced seeing God work before. Um, I think the things that the current nation is struggling with is very different from the things that our current nation is struggling with. Um, and the issues that that nation is struggling with allows you to see how God has worked in much more obvious ways than we might see it here. Um, so they have um, a lot of witchcraft and things like that that are going on and that allows you to see God work in some pretty cool and powerful ways. And that was a really cool experience. Um, I heard God's voice very audibly, I think for the first time when I was there in terms of what he was saying to me and things that he was giving to me. And it allowed me to be able to discern his voice a lot better in terms of wondering what he was saying and being able to act on that and encourage other people through that. No, that's so wonderful. Um, I remember when you came back, you were like a crazy different shade, so much darker. And oh <laughs> I, I get so dark so quickly. Like even now I spent like five hours in the sun and I'm already so much darker at the tan. <laughs> back. But now with the masks, I'm just getting a very tan forehead and I'm trying to prevent that <laughs> oh uh, no but I remember you just coming in and it was just it seemed like there was like a light beaming out of you and you were so excited to share about your experience um yeah so thank you for sharing about that just now um and as you are you know working and volunteering in, in all these capacities um can you run us through a day like a day in the life or you know like what your day kind of looks like especially um working with people so closely during a pandemic yeah well i sort of have like because i hold you know several several different jobs i'll sort of run you through like two pretty common days so one common day if i would work with the kids in foster homes 
that have disabilities. Um, and for that, it's normally pretty fun. I have a, um, a, a couple of kids that are under my caseload specifically, and these are kids that are a little more difficult um, than the rest of the kids in our program. But basically, I just hang out with them, take them to a playground usually. If they're an older kid, we'll have some really good conversations, chats. They'll tell me about what's going on in school, what's going on with their lives. It's much more like a friendship based for those older kids and for the younger kids. It's a lot more like I'm playing with them. Um, it's sort of, I find it that it's sort of like a crash course on parenting because I'm just learning on how to work with these children and seeing their different behaviors. Um, and I also, because I'm an assistant case manager, I'll answer calls from staff that are having struggles and having difficulties with some of our kids that are maybe having escalations. Um, and yeah, that normally leaves me pretty tired because I'm, I'm really high energy. So I like to be running around with my kids all the time. And then in the evenings, I will either be volunteering with night shift. So I'll be um, prepping food and I'm an outreach team lead at night shift. So we'll be preparing the meals for the homeless population. Doors open at 7 p.m. and we just get to interact with the hosts. It's different now, or interact with the guests. It's different now because of COVID. We used to leave, like we used to have big tables out where people could get their food and then we'd all mingle and, and hang out and, and talk to each other. But now it really is just people come, they take their food that are in separate paper bags and then they have to go just for COVID measures. And yeah, and then afterwards I drive the harm reduction van. So, Normally we drive around Wally, Newton, and sometimes Guilford. We've gone out to Langley, Maple Ridge. Um, we've gone out to Burnaby and Chilliwack, Abbotsford. So we sort of go everywhere and look for those homeless people. So it's a lot of driving around, um, stopping and, and interacting with people. For that, I find that it can be a little emotionally heavy sometimes, especially when I I'm talking to someone who has uh, something that's happened to them recently or something that happened to them a long time ago that they still can't get over. Um, I think this job and also the job working with kids with disabilities has taught me a lot about trauma and how that presents itself through a kids all the way through to adults. And seeing these people so broken and when they have someone that's just willing to talk to them and, and willing to look them in the eyes, really sometimes their whole story comes rushing out right and, and it can be pretty heavy um on the van it can range in terms of things that we see sometimes there are police incidents that we see sometimes we witness domestic violence incidents um i witnessed one about a couple weeks ago that hit me pretty hard um and sometimes we have violent people that we come across but not very often and yeah, so that goes until 2 a.m. Then I go to bed and wake up anytime between 5 a.m. for work or honestly up until like noon if I'm left to my own devices. So that's sort of one of the days involving my two jobs. And then another day would be working at the homeless shelter. And I think again with that, when, when you are wanting to talk to them and the people, the guests at the shelter, realize that you 
are warm and you're welcoming and, and you just want to talk to them without judgment, they do share a lot of their stories with you. And a lot of these people do have pretty cool backgrounds, but also a lot of tragedy that has happened in their lives. And you're able to talk to them through that and talk with them about what they're going through currently and what they're struggling through. And then I also get to see firsthand a lot of um, their activity with drugs and stuff like that. So I'm quite experienced <laughs> in terms of seeing the street drugs and their effects on different people. And then every now and then we have guests who will overdose. So knowing um, how to Narcan someone, so Narcan is otherwise known as naloxone. It's a drug that reverses the effects of overdose. So being really familiar with Narcan and frequently Narcanning people and raising them back from the dead essentially is also a part of my job. Um, at first it, it was pretty jarring to see people dropping like that. And I think mm -hmm. you, you do get like a little bit used to it, but you never get fully used to it, you know, um, when you find someone in there all blue in the face and not doing too hot or not breathing or anything. It really is, can be a little bit, but most of the time it's just pretty chill. I hang out with people, I give them food, we talk, I clean the place. It's a good time. So yeah, sort of what my days generally look like. <laughs> wow, I am so in awe of just how, not only how packed your day is, um, <laughs> But just going from one place to the other and just, you know, serving people and all the ways that you were able to is so, yeah, it's not even like just encouraging. It's like, wow, like people have the heart to do this. And it's so like heartwarming, if that is even the right word. Um, but how do you think your relationship with the Lord has grown since taking on all of these jobs and working um, with a more vulnerable population? I think it, I think my, my relationship with God has definitely been strengthened, but I also, sometimes I sort of like break down crying to him as in like, why, because I do see quite a lot of trauma in my jobs. Um, it really makes me question sometimes and really makes me struggle with God. Like why, what, how could you let this happen? Um, why is this person like this? And, and it really kind of opens it up to how much, yeah, just how, how, how I see God and how I see God working in these people's lives. And it really makes me see that the way that I think that God should be working doesn't always align up with the way that God is actually working. And when I am able to see the way that God is working, it really warms my heart. And it really teaches me that everyone's relationship with God is different. And you know, I know a guy at the shelter who shoots up really frequently and he asks me to pray with him, pray for him. And his relationship with God is unique and is special. And I'm in no position to look at his relationship with God and discredit it because he's shooting up or anything like that. Um, and it also 
has been able to teach me a lot about like this, it really, I guess it really shows me like, this is not the world that God has imagined. Um, this is not the world that God wants it. And so he really needs us as his people to create a world or create at least a space where these people do feel like this is the world that God wants them to be in. Um, I think it has really opened my eyes to the way that Christianity has handled certain things. I know, especially in the case of my kids, many of them are indigenous. It's really opened my eyes to how Christianity and white colonialism has impacted that group. Um, just the sheer volume of kids that are indigenous in my program and the amount of kids that are indigenous that also struggle with or that are diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome due to the pervasive issue of alcohol and drugs in that community has, yeah, it, it really makes my heart hurt sometimes of being like these people who hurt this community in such a way from hundreds and hundreds of year back, years back, they said that they loved you, God. How could they have done this? And really God just telling me like, they said that they loved me, but they didn't. They're as good as the Pharisees were, or they, they're equal to what the Pharisees were um, when I was walking around. And I think being able to work with these populations has really pushed me back to reading the gospels and reading how Jesus genuinely was with the people that he grew up with in his time and seeing who he hung out with and seeing who his heart went to serve. Um, and he was always looking for the sex workers. He was always looking for the tax collectors. I don't know if there were homeless people back then, but I'm sure if there were, he would have been there. And his heart for serving people is something that I desperately want to mimic and I want to walk in. And there, there's so many times when I've just like sh shown up to my shelter and during the downtime, I'm just reading the Bible and I'm able to feel God's presence so strongly. Like this shelter has my love. This shelter has my peace and my protection over it because I, if I was on earth right now, this is where I'd be. And I think that really resonates with me and what I hear from God during those moments are, they mean a lot to me. It's a good time. <laughs> wow. So, so good. All the truths that you've um, just shared, I think. Yeah, especially. Um, as you said, like during your downtime, you are, you bring your Bible to work and you open it and you read it and you feel the Lord's presence and how I have no doubt that the people who see you reading your Bible, whether, um, you know, whether that's through a window crack or whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm sure that the Lord is working in their hearts and probably making them wonder, like, how come she's always reading the same book? Like it's been months. She's still reading the same book. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just so evident the way you follow Jesus. Um, and again, like I'm so encouraged. Um, but I had a couple more questions for you. Um, like, like as you said already, like you've learned so, so, so many things throughout your, your multiple jobs in the past little while. Um, what, what is one thing that, um, 
or I guess what is one valuable lesson apart from, you know, how you've grown in your relationship with the Lord and how you really want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to really serve the people? What is one like big lesson or big thing you've learned um, about a population like this or about, you know, more vulnerable people? I think when I was when I was attending a lecture when I was in South Africa, one of the lecturers said this one phrase that really stuck out to me. And it said, when most people lash out, they're hitting you with their shield and not their sword. And when I started working with these vulnerable populations, that statement just absolutely came to life. And again, as I said, I work a lot with people who've undergone enormous amounts of trauma, much more trauma than anyone should have to experience. Um, and there are angry outbursts and there are violent outbursts and there's aggression and there's hurt and really understanding that when someone lashes out at you or acts in a behavior that you just don't understand, like, how could you be this hurtful? How could you say that? They really are most of the time hitting you with their shield and not with their sword. It really comes out of a place where they had at one point been hurt so bad that they had to pick up something to defend themselves, whatever that is, whether or not that's an angry response or a hurtful mechanism, or whether it's shutting down um, that shield, whatever it is, has been there to protect them from being hurt. People aren't born angry or aggressive or violent. Well, some are, but not many. <laughs> and it's really given me such an insight into how people's minds work and how they develop because yeah, like us in our day-to-day -day lives may not see the sheer amount of trauma that the vulnerable populations I work with see, but we've all had trauma in our lives. And all of those responses of people that we don't understand whenever they do something that we don't understand, how could you have hurt this person most of the time it comes out of them trying to protect themselves and them trying to shield themselves from something that they learned from a trauma in the past. And so that has given me a lot of grace in terms of seeing how people are and how people work. So yeah, good life lesson. <laughs> Indeed, great life lesson. And um, yeah, like who, as we know from like what you shared, like you've gone to Africa um, to, yeah, really just dive deeper into, you know, your faith and taking that leap of faith to do that. Um, currently in this stage or in this season, who is God to you? I think I really see him as almost like my battery pack <laughs> he he is sort of always like strengthening me and kind of stoking the fire that's inside of me i think that's who he is to me um and whenever i feel really tired or really burnt out or like um even when like i think i, I spend so much time 
serving and, and pouring my heart into a lot of people in work. And there's also people in my personal life that also need that. And whenever I feel really tired and really exhausted, I feel like God is just continuously like dumping more strength into me. He's kind of like the energizer bunny. He's like, all right, here's more. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> and I think that's been really cool for me to be able to lean on God as that pillar of strength. Um, I'm notoriously stubborn and I will sort of grit my teeth and and push through anything and and never want to receive any sort of help or strength from anyone else. But God has really shown me that it's okay for me to rely on him and really dive into the incredible amount of energy and the incredible amount of strength that he has and be able to channel that through me and what I do. So wonderful. And JC, where, like, I guess, career wise, where, where would you like to end up? Like, is this, um, you know, God willingly, is this uh, the place where you think, you know, you see yourself um, in for the next little while? Or is there somewhere else that you're working towards? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's like several career options that I'm currently looking at. I have this like little little crisis every now and then where I feel like I'm considering a, a ton of options. I've considered being a police officer, working with mental health or working with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. And I've also considered social work, considered being a doctor still. I've considered occupational therapy. I, I feel like I've considered sort of everything. Um, but at the end of the day, I always want to be serving the people that need it most. And I always want my job to be something that I love and that I'm passionate about and that God is able to empower me through. So in whatever sphere that I end up falling into, I want to keep working with these people, the homeless population, the people that are struggling with addictions and mental health and youth and children that are struggling with trauma I want to continue working with that population and I think I as someone who is incredibly career driven I would say I've been learning to give up my career to God and applications and going back to school and that all stresses me out but God has been really telling me that you know what it's okay I will lead you where I want you to go you do your part I'll do my part I'll let you know which way I want you to go um but he's been really amazing in letting me find my passion of the people that I'm passionate working with so wow so wonderful and yeah just to be able to like I don't know I guess just listen in on like the way that you talk about the people that you work with the way you talk about trusting the Lord um it's so evident that you are driven by faith and that you are driven by the gospel so I thank you for your vulnerability and just sharing um everything that you have shared today and yeah like while you were sharing the last little bit I was writing some things down um because I wanted to I don't know I guess like honor you and thank you for the things that you have been doing um, the heart that you have for people and just to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. I find it so encouraging and eye-opening and heartwarming um, 
to just see you do all these things and work four jobs um driving a big van around and you're not like you're not afraid to take the step to take the initiative to help the people around you and what i think what resonated with me most okay a couple things resonated with me but one that um shelters are one of the places that you feel god the most and just how the lord values those people just as much as he values every single one of us um yeah so that's one of the things and the other thing is how you read the bible during downtimes at work i find that so wonderful so encouraging and i wish i wish that is something that i could start implementing into my work life um, and the last thing is about the sword and the shield and how people aren't born being angry and just to be able to understand people from a different way from a different perspective and um, understand that they've probably gone through more than what we could like ever hold up um, yeah so thank you for your heart thank you for all that you do um, yeah I just I have no more words this is just a very I'm very wowed people and I like I love how this podcast is really start up conversation and talking about what God has done in not only your life but also other people's lives and you have such a love and such an interest in seeing what other people do and you really do have the gift of encouragement and making people feel as um so listened to and whatever they're pursuing and whatever they want to do you're like yes go for it yes bring life and encouragement Uh to people so amazing too kind oh jc well thank you again for your time today and just everything that you shared um i hope you come back for episode two amazing i would love that Uh, and thank you for our listeners who are listening in um i hope you guys are encouraged today and as always we will see you next sunday same time same place sunday yes Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> no, it was so good.